This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. The Blues are on a bit of a run. So far, it's been all or nothing. They started the season on a winning streak. Then they went into a long losing streak. And now they're on a uh, winning streak once again. We're very happy to uh, welcome back onto the program a guy who covers the Blues for NHL and NHL.com. Also has his inside the Blues at SI.com. You can follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. He is Lou Korak. Lou, always appreciate your time. How are you? Good, Matt. How are you doing? Doing good. Just can you, what, what's, as you're watching the end of that game when the Avalanche have pulled the goalie, so it's essentially a six on three, it's a one goal game, and the Blues are able to uh, kill it off and get the win. How big of a moment is that for this team? Well, you can certainly look back on it at the end of the year if, uh, you know, if you're looking for something that sparked the season, turn things around. You can definitely point to that because once all that transpired, I just, I just kept thinking to myself, they need to get somehow get this to overtime because I didn't think there was a, I didn't think there was a snowball's chance that they would get through that without allowing a goal. I mean, think about, you know, you're, they have two, they have two skaters out there to year one <laughs> and you're, so you're, you're basically, you know, you're, you're giving up three players, which is pretty much unheard of. And, you know, Colorado's good enough as it is, you know, even at six on five, they're going to be dangerous, but at six on three, you just kept thinking, uh, you know, you're leaving Ryan O'Reilly, Nico Mikula, Colton Pareko, you're leaving them out there to slaughter. I mean, it, 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 it was going to be, you know, you, you just wondered how they were going to get through that. And somehow, some way they were able to manage through it. You know, all the kudos to Jordan Bennington for how good he played. I mean, that's, that's an incredible two points to be able to pull out all things considered. And, uh, you know, you're on a, you're on a three game winning streak now. And, you know, that, that eight gamer that, uh, was quite a, quite a large hiccup by, <laughs> by the blue standards. Uh, you know, it's in the rear view mirror now, but you know, I think this team has just got that mentality right now of just continue to build, just w- worry about the next game. Don't worry about, you know, trying to match an eight-game winning streak or a five-game winning streak or a ten-game or whatever it is, they've kind of got that attitude right now. Just win the next game, and I think that's really helped them out here. You know, you had to start somewhere, and and you had to win one. They got the one against San Jose, and you know, people were like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. You just beat the Sharks, but now coming off of back-to-back wins in Vegas, in Colorado, that's pretty impressive. From Craig Berube's standpoint, during that losing streak, I mean, there were some changes made in, in terms of some line combinations and, and some movements up and down between uh, the NHL and AHL, but the, nothing crazy was done. He didn't lose it. Like he, he was clearly frustrated, but it, 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 you know, he, he didn't lose it. How important is it to have a leader that during a period like that is able to continue to kind of just preach the idea of just keep working and it's going to come around? Well, that's what it is. That, and that's really all it was. And, you know, there was a game there, I believe it, it was against L.A. when uh, they got booed off the ice that, you know, you had some pretty frustrated and upset players talking about uh, the effort that they're putting forth. And I think, uh, you know, by their own admission, that's, that's where the fan frustration came in because, you know, these players here understand that this is, this is, a, very, this is a very accepting and a very understanding fan base. And it's one thing to get beat. 
but it's one that's another thing to not put forth an effort. And I think the fans were understanding that they were feeling that and they were letting the team know it. And I think it all just boiled down to staying with the process and just putting forth an effort, putting forth an effort and continuing to work. And I think that's what you're seeing here. It's been, it's been a, it's been a byproduct of what, what has gone on. And, uh, Again, you're on a three-gamer now. You know, you look to the next game tomorrow. You try to get it to four, and, you know, you're not at 500 yet, so you're you're still continuing to build here because, let's face it, they dug themselves a, a pretty significant hole there. All things considered, I get it. It's still early in the year, but, man, when you when you play eight games and that's 16 points on the table and you don't you don't grab not even a single point out of that, that's a large chunk of points to leave on the table. Now they're left to make up for a lot of that. And, uh, you know, they're slowly chipping away at it here. And I think they're grasping an understanding of what their identity is, where they need to be, and how they need to go about it the rest, you know, moving forward here. You mentioned Jordan Bennington, and um, you tweeted out his numbers in his six wins this year, 182 goals against average, 944 save percentage, for whatever reason, he's really good against Colorado, and that that certainly helped out yesterday. But it feels like he, you know, you go through that losing streak. Obviously, there's going to be some not so great moments for a goaltender, but it still feels like he absolutely has the ability to to steal you a game. Well, and you know, I don't know if you would put that game in that category. If if you don't, it's certainly right up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to make 45 saves and. Now, granted, you know, somebody that maybe didn't watch the game could think, wow, the Blues were just besieged last night. But all things considered, the shots, both teams had a high volume of shots. The Blues had 39 themselves, which is quite a number. Usually Colorado at home outshoots their opponents by a pretty wide margin because they usually are the ones that are on the attack and have the puck more times than not. So, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty evenly played game last night, and you know, that, that's a team that likes to funnel pucks at your net from, from all different angles. And I think what the Blues did last night really good was they, they contained them to the perimeters. And when they did have their high-end and grade-A chances, you had your goalie that you need to make a save, was able to make a save. And he did that last night. And none bigger than the one-timer on Kale McCarr there with inside of two minutes left. I mean, that's the one that I was looking at, and I'm thinking, oh, oh here it comes. And you know, when he slides from his left to right and is able to make that save, it was, uh, you, you kind of started to think, I don't know, maybe, maybe you know, he's going to be able to pull this one out for his team. He was certainly good in the third period, you know, facing 22 shots uh, against uh, Vegas when they made their push on Saturday night. So um, I don't know where this team would be right now without him because even in those games where, you know, the numbers look, you know, quite gaudy, and not in a good way for a goalie, you know, that to me continues to just be where the team play was so poor in front of him, it reflected in his numbers. But I don't think it's any of it's been reflective on his play at all because, quite frankly, I just think he's been pretty fantastic this year, and he's really picked up where he left off with that unfortunate injury in the playoffs last year. Luke Korak, who covers the Blues for NHL.com, also has his Inside the Blues at SI.com, continuing to join us on Sports Open Line. I know you've touched on this a little bit already in our conversation, but very specifically, 
Uh, and, and it's not just one thing. I'm smart enough to realize that you don't go from losing eight games in a row to winning three games in a row by select, you know, by fixing just one thing. But as you as you compare the totality of the losing streak to just the spurt that they've had in these uh, last few games, uh, what have you seen from them that maybe has been the biggest difference? Well, I think their ability to hang on to pucks in the offensive zone with with a little more regularity. They're getting pucks in and. Now these guys are going to work. This all stems back to when we were talking about that they're just putting putting you know in more work here. And this is a team that thrives on when they get pucks in deep and just try to work their opponents down. That's when they tend to have their most success. And when they were losing hockey games, and it was something that I had touched on with Craig Berube a couple of different times, is you know asking him, "Are you seeing too many one and dones?" And he and he you know quite frankly said, "Yeah." So. That's something that they needed to correct. Now they're getting pucks in. Now they're able to go to work. They're able to retrieve them. They're able to turn teams over. And that's when they're at their best. I think that's been the biggest noticeable thing for me. The less time they spend in their defensive zone, the better they are. Because, you know, let's face it, quite frankly, you know, it's a, it's a D group that has gotten better over these last couple of games, but not one that's really equipped to be able to withstand a whole lot of pressure in their zone. When they're able to get pucks cleanly and able to transition them out of the zone freely, get them up to their forwards and then let them go to work at the other end. That's when they're at their best. And I think you're starting to slowly see a gradual increase in each one of these games that they've won. Jordan Cairo has scored two of the last three games is just, he hadn't done much of anything. A lot of people talk about the contract and him responding to that. Clearly it's important to get him going, but how much of that is a sign of maybe that he is going to get going just based off what he's done the last few games? Well, a couple of things. I think it's helped that he's uh, got Braden Shen centering him again, because, you know, listen, Braden Shen's a pro's pro. I mean, this guy gets it. He embraces uh, every opportunity that he's given and whatever assignment that he's given, he graciously accepts it and goes about his business. And, He's taking Cairo under his wing, and he's got and he's getting into play. And I think, in that regard, he's playing both ends of the ice a little bit more now. He's becoming more defensively responsible. He's becoming more aware of his play on the other side of the puck is equally as important as his play with the puck. And I think once he started to understand that, you're starting to see a little more well-rounded game. And he saved the goal last night. I mean, just just with his ability. To back check, there was a play where there was going to be it looked like a sure wraparound goal, and he gets his and he gets in there quickly, hustles to the post, gets his skate down, and, and is able to thwart a scoring opportunity that would have put Colorado ahead early in the first period. And who knows where that game would have gone then? But when he's doing those things, and he's able to do those things because of his speed, he's able to close people down. When he gets back with some authority and puts in the effort to play on that side of the puck, I think that translates over to the other side. Last question for you, and this kind of follows up on what you just said about Kyrou working with Shin and that line also has Barbashev. The other top two lines, O'Reilly with Saad and Levo, and then Thomas with uh, Buchnevich and Tarasenko. We didn't expect those to be what the lines were going to look like when the season got started. Do you like the way the groupings are right now beyond uh, Shin working with Kyrou? I do, because... You know, you have some familiarity, obviously, there with Thomas Buchnevich and Tarasenko. You know, eventually those guys are going to get hot and those guys are going to be able to, you know, put their fingerprints on, on games quite a bit moving forward. But what I'm starting to finally see and what you needed to see is 
Ryan O'Reilly get some line mates that play to his strengths. And what I mean by that is guys that are able to hang on the pucks, guys that are able to win pucks and win those board battles and win those wall battles. You're seeing that from Brandon Saad. You're seeing that from Josh Levo, who's the biggest wild card in all this and the biggest surprise. But he plays that style that maybe not quite the same style of game as a David Perron, but just his ability to win wall battles, be able to hang on to pucks below the goal line, plays into the strengths of Ryan O'Reilly. And I think you're seeing that raise his level of intensity and his play moving forward as well. He is Luke Korak. Read him at NHL.com. Read him with his Inside the Blues at SI.com. Follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Luke, thank you so much for the time as always. We'll catch up again real soon. Anytime, Matt. Take care. All right, very good. There's Luke Korak talking with us after a big Blues victory last night. I'm telling you, it was so much fun. It was so much fun watching those final couple minutes as they tried to battle through a six-on-three, and they were able to do it to get a win against the defending Cup champions. When we come back, more on the Blues. We'll hear some of the post-game audio that came out of the uh, locker room after last night's game. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. KMOX.